What's your favorite scary movie? I'm Kate, and I'm recording this from North Carolina during Hurricane Florence. And I'm Chris, and I spend most of my money on vanilla-scented candles. And welcome back to the weekly meeting of the Nightlight Horror Movie Club. We review a different horror movie each week. We discuss story, production, reception, and relevance in pop culture. Mm-hmm. And in doing so... As per usual, we spoil everything about the movie that we're talking about. Spoil we will, the living crap out of we, it. If you have any interest in watching the movie, I recommend doing it before you listen to this podcast because we're going to ruin it. This movie today is Scream, which is over 20 years old. So if you really care that deeply, <laughs> then I guess you can pause now. Um, but we are going to spoil the ending of this yeah. 22-year-old movie. Yeah, I would say that you should have seen it already, but... I had not watched it yet. So Yeah, you hadn't seen it. <laughs> well, I've seen Which none of the them. Theme. It's not a surprise. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's our show. So for yeah. those of you who are joining us for the first time, Chris hates horror movies. He doesn't watch them. It's true. I despise them. And Kate, for some reason, actually enjoys being scared. And I'm really good at peer pressure. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's true. And I'm very weak. <laughs> And so here we are. Here we are doing a here we are. horror movie podcast, and I have no interest in horror films. But it, it's too fine. late. It's episode five, and we're not going to stop rolling. So <laughs> here we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, like like Kate said, this week we watched Scream, which is one of those horror movies that, of course, I knew existed, but had no How interest in not? watching. It's a classic slasher film that, I don't know, I, I was kind of nervous about it just because because it is one of those like home like home name movies you know yeah. everyone knows about this movie so I assumed yeah. it was going to be really bad also it's creepier in the sense that like the exorcist I don't think is going to happen to me I don't think I'm going to get a demon inside of me per se but people murder people all the time so all the there's, time there's a certain realism to to this kind of film which is terrifying to me yeah, lest we forget, this film has not one, not two, but three sequels. Oh, gosh. So, and yeah. I can't understand that. How do you... Uh, I can't even get... And, it's, and it has a TV series. And it has a TV of, series, All of yeah, which I've Netflix. watched. <laughs> I watched all of it. Well, I had seen this movie. Um, it was really scary when it came out, apparently, in, like, the ni- in 96, in the 90s. But mm-hmm. I watched it when I was really little with my dad, maybe eight. And okay. I think it was his way of telling me... Not to sleep with strangers. That uh, is that the lesson here? I think it's one of the lessons. I think the lesson is don't trust high school boys. I think is the core lesson. I think this is definitely a lesson that this movie is yeah. trying to convey. Also, something about answering numbers that you don't know and you know oh, yeah. basic Caller horror ID. movie survival. You know, because caller ID existed back then, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't as big of a thing. And then after this movie came out. Like, yeah. color ID sales skyrocketed. Skyrocketed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, one source I saw said, like, it went up by, like, 30% or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> Which is so understandable because literally color ID would have been so useful in this scenario. Yeah. Well, this movie wouldn't have happened. You've been like, who's that? I don't know that number. I'm not hang- I'm not answering it. And she, I mean, Drew Barrymore would have eaten her popcorn and that would have been it. 
I do think Drew Barrymore would have died either way had she answered the phone or not. Yeah, but it would have been a boring movie. Yeah, and and, and it was cool. It was a cool angle for the film to use the whole phone call business. But also, yeah, it's terrifying, and I never want to answer a phone again. I wonder how many people were watching this movie and had someone call and scared the ever-living crap out of them. Uh, 100%. Like The Ring did for, like, our generation. It. it was like The Ring. Well, I also like this movie. So this movie was incredibly, incredibly popular, unlike a lot of the ones that we've covered so far. Um, this one was super, super popular. It's directed by Wes Craven. Yeah. It wasn't popular at first, though. Yeah, it was. It was, it was kind of a flop. No. It, no. Like, it like how much did it, it got f- how much it made six million on its opening weekend uh, are you sure i yeah I, I feel like it was not as popular of a movie initially it won it got six million on its opening weekend in 1996 did it deserve it though There's oh my oh hell no you're starting this now <laughs> you're gonna start this now yes it okay Shocker, everybody. Chris didn't like the movie. Hold on. I have to crack my knuckles into the into the recording. All right. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to fight now. Gosh. I'm so mad at you already. This is going to ruin our friendship because this movie is so important to everyone except you. Uh, so, I mean, I definitely read sources that called it an unqualified success when it first came out in 1996. Oh, my God. Where are you getting these sources? I don't know. You can't trust the internet. It's just you under different aliases. So, but okay, so it made six million in in its opening weekend, but like by modern standard, that's not very much money. And okay, how much it, did the movie even cost? And the movie cost fourteen million, and it earned over one hundred and seventy million. Right. It, oh, in the long run, over like an yes. eight month period, it, it got one hundred and seventy million. It was the highest grossing slasher film of all time. To date, I don't know about to date, but it was then. It went like it won that title in like the nineties. I don't know. I think so. It had sort of mixed reviews going in. And so I think most people would consider it. I don't know what your opinion is, but I think most people consider it sort of an opening weekend flop because it got not six a lot million. Pe- yeah. Not even half its budget. I'm just saying in modern day standards, I'm just saying okay. in, in modern standards, like it's not very good. I think 170 million on a 14 million budget is pretty fucking good over the long run. Right. Oh but like, God. look at other like look at more modern movies i guess that's my problem is i'm comparing it to like black panther which literally you can't (laughs) compare it to black panther in 2018 no of course not but like also like the critic reviews going into this film weren't super great they were kind of mixed and it also came out at the same time as um tim burton's mars attack right mars attacks so what the hell is that you know what mars attacks is no Yes, which was a total blockbuster. So, like, Scream did not perform nearly as well as the other movies that came out at the same time, is my point. The people who went and saw it really, really liked it, and the audience reviews were really spectacular. So it did over, It did have a lot of word of mouth spread. Right, so over that the next couple months, it definitely became more popular, but I yeah. would not say that it was initially super successful. Okay, I think that in the short run, it became incredibly successful. And I think if I, if I made half of my budget in one weekend i'd be very pleased with that but that is neither here nor there (laughs) but i will say so this movie was a big deal not budget aside and earnings aside it was a big deal because back then in like the early 90s in the late late 90s even well it was like 96 is not really the late well like prior to that so like the early 90s and late 80s is whenever 
there are all these really disappointing horror movies. It, everything kind of lost its originality after the 80s, after we had all these great, um, like, Nightmare mm-hmm. on Elm Street and things like that in Halloween. And so this this movie was credited, and Wes Craven was credited as reviving the horror genre mm. with this movie. And that's why this movie and also, you know, Wes Craven is known for um, Nightmare on Elm Street. So right, right. He did the Freddy Krueger franchise. Um, mm-hmm. So he's always been like a very intelligent and creative and influential artist and director just for that stuff. Because I don't know if you've read much about Nightmare on Elm Street because I'm going to go ahead and assume you haven't seen it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen it. But it's a, it's a very celebrated franchise. And it was a very successful and um, well-reviewed franchise. And so he was a big name before that. And then he was credited with reviving this genre because everything in the early 90s pretty much was all these straight to – VHS releases and these sequels. It was all these really disappointing sequels, just a string of disappointing sequels that horror fans and horror critics were getting really disappointed because during the late 80s, this was such a creative and lucrative genre. And so Mm -hmm. it was pretty much dead in the early 90s. And then Scream came along and kind of re-injected the genre. How unfortunate. What do you mean? Oh, for you. (laughs) (laughs) For me. If only horror had died in I know. the 80s like it should have. Oh, never. Oh, my gosh. But it didn't. And it's um, no, so it's obviously a slasher film, and it does that. I think it does that very well, whether you like slasher films or I'm going to go ahead and assume you don't, Chris. I but don't. I you don't. <laughs> I do. And um, it, it does the slasher film thing very well, but it's also very original. <sighs> original might be misleading. It's original for owning its unoriginality. Yeah, it was because like it it kind of plays off like a parody of other horror films, exactly. But it doesn't give up its own right as a slasher film, exactly. By itself, which which I did think was really clever about it. Like it could have been just you know like the scary movie franchise where it's literally just a joke the entire time, making fun of people doing stupid things in horror films. But I think they struck a good balance of making fun of people in horror films while at the same time they're in a horror film. Exactly. Like, they have all these, like, intertextual references and, like, allusions to all these other horror movies. And Mm -hmm. so it's very, it's very, like, postmodern and self-aware movie. But it also kind of can make fun of itself, like you've said. But also poking fun at critics. So I'm just going to talk about one scene in particular before we go into the blow-by-blow. But um, obviously, whenever Nev Campbell gives the whole thing about scary movies are stupid. It's always some, like, large-breasted woman running up the stairs like an idiot. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, less than five minutes later, she's running up the stairs <laughs> from a, <laughs> from a from serial a killer. The timing of that is played, like, comedically, but I also feel like it's Wes Craven saying, well, because in that scenario, it was the right thing to do because there was nowhere else for her to go, and she had to go upstairs, and she was very smart about what she was doing, and she didn't die. So it was kind of Wes Craven being mm-hmm. like, yeah, I get what you guys are saying, but... Like kind of fuck you. Like I I can do what I want, and and she can do that and live. So like, right. <laughs> what do you know? Right, right. And I do think I thought the. I mean, we'll get to it, but in in the long run, I think that this movie. I mean, obviously, I didn't like it, but <laughs> oh let's just open that. Let's just At open all? that. Up. Obviously, no, well, okay. I mean, I I did like aspects of it. I do think it was a very watchable movie. Like, it definitely seems like one of those movies you just watch every Halloween season with your friends kind of movie. Every week, yes, I understand. Kind of like Idle Hands was. <laughs> it's just one of those movies that, like, you can watch it without having to worry about having horrific nightmares for the rest of the night. But at the same time, of all the movies we's, we've watched so far, it's the only one that 
legitimately kind of made me difficult to fall asleep that night. Really? Yeah, and I think it's because how real it was, despite being so fantastical. Like, it's so ridiculous, and they're making all these jokes, and they're making all these references, and there's it's so meta. Like, it's so self-aware that it's almost like it doesn't want you to believe it, but it, somehow it flips it back around and makes it believable, which was kind of terrifying to me. Yeah. And, like... Over and over and over again, I kept making fun of the murderer because he's not very good at being a murderer. I mean, he is in the sense that he racks up a body count pretty well. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but he's so easily thwarted in the meantime. Like, people just He's a 17 year old kid. I know, but like, people just hit him with a door or kick him in the nads, and he's like, oh, it just falls over <laughs> for a while. And it's just like, how has he. How does he manage to keep killing people? And it's just always because the victim ends up making. A really a fatal stupid, error. Fatal error. Yeah. And then he kills them. So like, he's good at being a murderer in the sense that he kills people, but he's bad at being a murderer in the sense that he just he's just he obviously is just a seventeen-year-old kid who doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Well, he kind he kind of knows what he's doing. I mean, kind of because but he's like, seen so I many scary tell, movies. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell though if him being not a superhuman like I imagine the murderer in all these horror films being like untouchable almost. You know, and they're constantly four steps That's ahead of you. That's almost boring, thing. though. Right, and so it was almost kind of interesting that he was obviously defeatable. Human, but the fact that he wasn't being defeated, I couldn't tell if it made it less scary or more scary, because it, he was a believable murderer. Which yeah, he I was. Don't know. In the they, long run, they were. I guess I should say. Yeah, Spoilers. Spoiler. There's more than one murderer. <laughs> yeah, which had a good twist. I like that. But yeah, it's like what you're saying. At the end of the day, it is. It's not unlike other slasher films. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, unknown killer, goes by the name of Ghostface, which sounds very silly, terrorizes the suburban town of Woodsboro, California. Um, I guess just the main difference, because that sounds like every horror movie you've ever seen, how is this reviving a genre? But these characters have seen scary movies, which no which movie so has done ever before. Interesting that no one had thought of doing that yet. No one had thought of doing that. And that's what I really like, because, and I'll talk about this more when we get to Randy's three movies three rules of horror movie survival later. Mm-hmm. But this movie is about obsessive horror movie fans. So it's like, it's for cinephiles, but it's also about cinephiles. And I think that's really unique and really cool. No, I, d- I definitely agree. I thought the the premise was, I mean, from my perspective, it doesn't seem that original just because I knew more or less. And like the other movies have sort of tried to replicate the same vibe. Since. But I imagine, yeah. I imagine, yeah, I imagine watching this in 1996, it would have been completely novel yes. and super, super intriguing. Okay, should we just go to the blow by blow of this movie? Yeah, how does this movie go for you? Okay, okay, great opening. Can we all agree this is a this is one of the strongest openings of any horror movie? It just is. It just startles you, right? Because you don't expect it to get started that fast. It, no, you don't, and no other movie had done something like this. And also... Drew Barrymore is the biggest name, and she's the biggest face on the cover of the box and on the cover of the posters. Have you have right. you seen the posters well, and, and stuff? When she was initially cast to be the main exactly. character, she was supposed to be Sydney, but then sort of not too long before they started filming, she was like, you know what, no, just kill me off in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm busy. Can we just cut this short? Yeah, which ended up being, I don't know, really, it worked really well. I really liked it. But yeah, that was um, a big a big thing that didn't happen back then in scary movies is we, mm-hmm. we killed off our quote-unquote lead role very early. But she answers the phone. She's getting a flirtatious phone call from this unknown person in this creepy voice. 
um, saying, mm-hmm. you know, what's your favorite scary movie, which um, we know well. Well, you knew about this beforehand because you picked it as our Tumblr background. I did, yeah. <laughs> so so but you knew it was I, I from this movie. I now realize that that image wasn't actually from this movie. No. It must be from one of the later ones or something. Or it's just someone who likes this movie. See, I don't know anything. <laughs> you don't know anything. Let's see. We have Casey Becker. She's getting this unknown call. Um, also, a fun fact the voice of Ghostface, of the Ghostface killer, um, is an actual person. It's it's, an, it's a voice actor. I think he also was mm-hmm. Mojo Jojo on yeah, Powerpuff yeah. Girls. <laughs> but um, so not an actual voice recorder effect. It's an actual actor. And they kept yeah. him separate from the cast. And when they're recording phone calls, he is actually on the phone talking to these kids, I guess. Right, and that was the, like, they waited until filming for them to even hear his voice. Exactly. So Drew, Drew Barrymore had never heard this voice yeah. before. Which is creepy, and I think that's also, good job. Good job, Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. The caller gets creepy. He starts threatening her. Um, he says that, oh, I have your, your boyfriend held hostage. That's also one of my favorite movies. <laughs> one of my favorite moments is <laughs> her just like, he's like, do you have a boyfriend? She's like, what? No. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah, because she's just like flirting with him or something. Yes. Or just trying to avoid him. I couldn't tell what her motives were. I think she was being, moment. I think she was flirting. I think it was like a flirtatious star 68 phone call don't know who it's from i guess mm-hmm. that's what people did in the 90s um and she's like no i don't have a boyfriend and then things start getting weird and she's like i'm gonna call my boyfriend <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> i thought you didn't have one i, I lied he's a big strong football player <laughs> he's gonna and kick he'll be here the shit out moment. of you <laughs> i love that oh my gosh um and then of course the boyfriend is in his letterman full deal outside um being Tied held to hostage yes and then we have to do you have to answer questions about horror films. We get um, life or death horror trivia, which I would, I'd gladly welcome that. I think I would do really well. What is wrong with you? <laughs> so he's he was going to murder her no matter how well she did. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. I, I don't think so because this was obviously just a practice run for killing Sydney. He was definitely going to kill her. Probably. I don't think that was ever an option. He was just messing with her brain, giving her the idea that maybe she had a way out when obviously she didn't. Maybe she would have made it longer. And mom and dad have gotten home because they were almost home. That's true. Um, So Casey tries to refute and answer questions. And then, you know, the Jiffy Pop catches on fire. We start getting chased by Ghostface. Mom and dad come home and we have Drew Barrymore's corpse hanging from a tree. Excellent opening. Really, really, really strong. Super startling because you do you you expect Drew Barrymore to be the star and then she's dead. She's super not. (laughs) And you're like, what? (laughs) Wait, what? what? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But like fun fact is that they used actual phone, actual phones on set. Right. Yeah. And the one that Drew Barrymore was using, they forgot to unplug it like from the wall. And so when she calls 911 and is <gasps> screaming into the phone, she actually called 911. Oh, no. And was, there were actual 911 operators listening to Drew Barrymore scream. And I don't know how they swept that under the rug. They must, I mean, that's a felony, right? They, I don't Just know how like they got around. Buy them some snacks and apologize. And Oh my gosh. Imagine being, imagine that, being that operator. That, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> You just hear Drew Barrymore screaming and then breathing heavy, and they're like, "What is going on?" And she gives an address that's obviously fake. That doesn't make sense. It's a movie. And they're like, "What?" Someone's first day on the job. Don't worry, it'll be great. You're gonna do a great <laughs> yeah, job. You never get murder calls. <laughs> Oops. Oops. So the following day, we have this news media that just descends on the town because we have this this killer on the loose. Um, and I mm. want to take a point that I think that. The prominence of the media in this film is a very purposeful choice given the time that this movie came out because it, it came out in 96 oh, yeah. and the mm-hmm. O.J. Simpson trial 
was 94 to 95. And that was everything in the news, everything on TV, and reportters all over the place, journalistic yeah. integrity down the toilet. People don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, just sensational news. And so I think that that was really great. And I think we have Gail Weathers, who is Courtney Cox's character, who mm-hmm. um, embodies this piece of shit <laughs> who i hated oh i know she's God. terrible she the worst. she's the worst um she embodies this horrible journalist reporter person who's just willing to exploit these gruesome disgusting murders just for her own professional gain um and uh so terrible i was disgusted terrible but poignant considering like there were so many reporters like that during that time for the oj simpson trial you know, right, who, right. who would have, you know, climbed over a dead body to get a good shot. You know, they don't care. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a really, really good addition. Right. I mean, it was the height of tabloids, which is what she was apparently a reporter for. So exactly. Gross. So meanwhile, we have Sydney Prescott. We introduced Neb Campbell, um, who was almost cast also by Reese Witherspoon and Brittany Murphy. Those were two other people who were who I think could have done a really good job. But I'm glad that they went with Neb Campbell. Oh, yeah, they would. They would have done excellent. Yeah. But. Yeah, she did great. She did great. Um, so she struggles with, we find out that her mom was murdered like a year ago by some guy mm-hmm. named Cotton Weary. Totally a murderer name. Who names yeah, their totally kid Cotton? Idiots. People who want their child to be a murderer. Yeah, I think that's on them. If any of you listeners are named Cotton, I'm very sorry. We're very sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. We love you. So while waiting at home, she's waiting at home for her friend um, Tatum, and then she gets her first threatening phone call. Um and that's when she thinks it's Randy, who works down at the video store. And she's like, gives that whole speech about slasher cliches. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it sounds like Craven, who's the director, is mocking the genre. And then Sydney right. gets attacked like a few minutes later and she <laughs> runs up the stairs <laughs> to safety. She was so brave, though. Like, I was struck by her stupidity and bravery when she's like, you know what? I'm going to call your bluff. Yeah. Walks outside of the house. Yeah. But then How she. How bold. Bold. And not the right decision. No, but that's you instantly know she's gonna live through the movie. Yeah, you. It does. Because no yeah, one that badass is gonna die in this movie. It's it's that's actually very true, and it's it's clever. And that scene also, whenever she's in the house, the house is locked. Like she has to unlock the door to go outside, and that's mm-hmm. never how it goes in the in the scary movies. The door is n- never locked. You're screaming at them to lock the freaking door. And hers is locked. And you're like, oh, she's she's smart. She's good. She's a good kid. She wouldn't, mm-hmm. like, make out with her boyfriend when her dad was home. Like, she's a good kid. She's going to make it. And then she just unlocks the door and opens it and leaves it open. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> right. Yeah. Although, I don't know. Because before that, right, we had the scene where the boyfriend crawls into her window. Yes. And you instantly don't like him. Well, he's greasy. He's so disgusting. He's so untrustworthy. And... He obviously just wants to get a quickie out of her. Yeah, he just wants to get in her pants, in her nightgown. And she's like, no, we're not going to do that. I would never break your underwear rule. Yeah, what a weird... (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He's gross. He's super gross. And, like, his whole intro, like, monologue, he's like, yeah, I was just watching The Exorcist. Made me think of you. Another meta moment. He's like, it made me think of you. And I'm like, that's not a great comparison. Why would you ever tell your girlfriend that? And then he's like... Breaking up with her, and you're like, okay. I love it. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. And I don't know if you notice this, but when he came in, she was listening to Don't Fear the Reaper. Oh. Like, I didn't. Like, catch that, that was playing in the background while he comes in there. And so I don't know about you, but I, it was instantly like, don't trust him. Don't. He's evil. 
I don't like him. Blue Oyster Cult clues. Pay attention. Yeah, so he was instantly my number one suspect for who the murderer was going to be. I think he's intended to be the number one suspect. I don't know, though, because they do play that horror move, you know, horror movie like thing where they try to convince you that literally every single person (laughs) is the murderer. Is a suspect. Well, but then, okay, well, going back to her being in the room and being chased by this ghost face killer, Mm -hmm. he comes in the window and you're like, that's funny timing. Interesting timing. Interesting timing. And then a cell phone drops out of his pocket, which, of course, in 96 means... You're a murderer. You're a murderer. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, it does. Like, they instantly set it up to be that way, and she picks up on it, too. You know? Quickly. Yeah, she's actually really smart. She's like, oh, my God, you're the killer. How dare you? And I love how it's like, I know, and that's that's her boyfriend. Like, they love each other. They've been dating a long time. She's like, oh, thank God you're here. Phone drops out. She's like, we're done. Get the you're hell the away murderer. from me. You're the murderer. How dare you? You killed my friend. Don't you talk to me. Don't look me. at me. Oh, my gosh. Ladies, take note. That's how you drop a man. Right. <laughs> Just say, no. Oh, my gosh. And then they run downstairs, and Dewey, the world's oh, most I love incompetent him. deputy, is standing at the door holding the ghost him. mask. And he's like, hey, I found this. So then I'm instantly like, Dewey, are you the murderer? Or is it you? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. They do do that with pretty much every character in this oh whole gosh. movie. But that was also the first moment where I'm like, I thought both of them would be the murderer. I thought it would be the cop and the boyfriend. That'd be interesting. Because I'm like, no, because like he that. crawled in the window too soon after the murderer disappeared from her doorway. I was like, hmm. I don't know. He's pretty spry. He can just shimmy up that trellis real fast that's true he had already practiced it earlier i'm convinced been that's practic- why he did there it there you go yep can we all just take a moment to appreciate how perfect david arquette is oh his gosh. role is dewey david arquette <laughs> in this movie he's so cute i love it oh this is also this is how he and uh courtney, courtney cox. cox met and then got you know i eventually know. got married which is both adorable and disturbing <laughs> It's adorable. They, like, met in this one. They were, like, definitely together by the second one. Mm -hmm. And then by the third one, they were married. And they were married for a while. They broke up, unfortunately. But they were married for quite some time. Love doesn't exist anymore. It's fragile. It was really cute. But I just love how he's, like, trying to be this big macho guy. Oh, he was originally cast in the role as Billy Loomis, which is um, Skeet Ulrich's character. Right. He was supposed to be this big macho, like, leading man (laughs) role. And then that's not what happened. (laughs) Yeah. They were like, okay, you can do this one. Or I guess you could be like the deputies. Like, oh, that sounds great. I guess <laughs> you could just be big. like this nerdy, no one takes you seriously <laughs> deputy. He's like, oh, less great, but okay. Less great, but I that's fine. <laughs> do I still get a badge and a gun? Thanks. And a Courtney Cox. And- he got a lot of that deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good call. But Billy is, of course, released the next day because they run his cell phone and it's, you know, it doesn't match up or something. I don't know. And so then, then we start worrying about Sydney's dad. Like he becomes a suspect because he's, he's gone. not there. He's disappeared. Yeah, yeah. He disappeared, but he didn't like dis. Like wasn't he on a work trip or something? Yeah, he said he was on a work trip, but then he was supposed to check into a hotel, and they checked at the hotel, and he never did. Oh, that's so, like, right. He's he's MIA, so he's definitely on the murderer list as well. Although I never, I never really fell for that. I ne- I was never convinced no. that it was going to be the father. That would have been dumb. And there wasn't really a motive there. There really wasn't. Unless it was unless like this weird, I can't crazy. look at my daughter anymore because it just reminds me of my yeah. murdered, cheated, suspectedly cheating wife. So, yeah. yeah. But the murderer called her at her friend's house while Billy was in prison. And so it was sort of like a way of being like, oh, Billy's not the murderer. They were wrong. And that's 
also, I don't think that's why he was released, but it's why she's convinced that he wasn't the murderer. That's true. Which was so creepy. I didn't like it at all. Can we all just appreciate? So whenever they go back to school the next day, mm-hmm. and oh, and that's another, that's a cameo. So you know all the reporters that are just like, how did it feel to be almost butchered yeah, by that your one was Linda Blair. friends? And yeah, that's Linda Blair. Oh my gosh, that was Linda how, Blair. How, it, that was such a cool little Easter egg kind of. I thing. love that you're excited about Linda Blair now. I mean, podcast only, is doing its job. I'm only excited <laughs> that like they did this movie really well in those little aspects of including oh, as absolutely. many horror film references as possible. Oh yeah, even if you didn't notice that they were happening. Oh, so good. Well, I have seen this movie. Maybe 30 times. And I didn't know it was Linda Blair until I started doing research for this podcast. And I was like, oh my what gosh. the hell? Amazing. Well, like her head's not spinning around. I don't recognize Right. Her. Yeah. She's not a little girl <laughs> possessed by a demon. Her eyes aren't glowing. There's no pea They're soup anywhere. No pea soup. Oh my How gosh. am I supposed to know? Exactly. But yeah, those reporters are garbage humans. Garbage humans. Oh my gosh. But then when Sydney like punches Courtney oh. Cox's character. Ugh, I'll send you a copy. What a good moment. <laughs> I do love it. Bam, super bitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. So we go to school. We learn that teenagers were garbage Are humans. Garbage. In Worst the 90s. type of human alive. <laughs> Horrible people. She's like in the bathroom crying because like she's terrified and her mom's dead and her dad's nowhere to be found and she almost got murdered. Oh. And she's listening to these bitches in uh. the bathroom. These absolute bitches. I bet she killed them to get attention. I bet she killed her mom. Her mom's such a slut. I hate her mom. She's a slut like her mom. And I'm like, what the hell? Oh. Who talked like this? I didn't talk like this. No. In high school. No one ta- no one talks like that. At least not in my high school. Like it was so garbagey and it was just weird. Like it was the head cheerleader and then this random girl who obviously didn't look popular. She was just like Trying to dress like Ellen DeGeneres, but failing at it. I don't know. Was that popular in the 90s? Probably. I don't know. She, Nothing she, they were wearing. She wasn't like, pulling it off in any event. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, they were garbage. And then all the kids running around in school with, you know, the ghost masks and... Yeah. Oh, and what's his name? Their friend, the really annoying one. Randy? I don't remember. the one. Or Matthew Lillard. That one. The one who's like... Always smiling about- and talking about like how cool the murderer is. Yeah. Also, they know that her mom just got, like, slain. Yeah, so they know this is the anniversary of her mother's death. Uh, They know Their classmate was murdered. Two of their classmates were murdered. Yeah, and Sydney was almost murdered. High schoolers are the worst. (laughs) And they're making, like, organ puns. They are. You're terrible people. Super gross. They were good they were good puns, but that's not the point. It was not the point. And that They're was a really friends. good scene too, where the two couples and then the random friend who works at the Randy. movie store. <laughs> I love Randy. <laughs> that was a good moment because again, it sort of wipes the boyfriend out of your mind as being the murderer. But it then does. you instantly think, so Okay, many. creepy guy who's always smiling and making fun of murder, he's a suspect for sure. Oh, absolutely. And then the guy who works at the movie store, he was my number one instantly after that conversation because Yes. Of the way that the horror, the murderer was yes. like, oh, what's your favorite movie? Like, doing all this trivia stuff. And then he's obviously a cinephile who like, works at a movie store. And is obsessed with horror movies. And obsessed with um, Sydney. Yeah, for sure. So he was the definitely... The whole movie. He was number one like, on my list at that she, point. Would she date me? But, like, no, but seriously, do you think she'd date me? Also, <laughs> have you guys seen Prom Night? Great movie. But would Sydney date me? But would Sydney date me? <laughs> murderer! He was such you a creeper. You are murderer. Yeah. He was my number one suspect for a, a, a little while, for sure. 
But he's also kind of my favorite character because he's like the only person who's actually paying attention to what's happening. All these other kids are like, let's go get some beer and have a murder party. Uh, and he's like, y'all are morons. Yeah, what are you doing? He was such a good foil character to everybody else. And it was just yes. like, the movie could have just done what it did and put all those movie references in there just for fun. But they put his character in there just to point it out. Yes, like, yes. In case you missed anything, here are all the references we're making to horror films. Yes. <laughs> and like, here's why people in horror movies are stupid and this is why they die. <laughs> yes. He has like a full-fledged meltdown in like the movie store. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, is no one paying attention? This is a big deal. Hello. He's standing in the horror section. He's, he's in the horror section. Yes. <laughs> I love whenever, what is that character's name? Matthew Lillard's character. It's Stu, right? Stu, right, yeah. Stu. The really dumb one. And I hated him. Yes. No, I loved him. He's my favorite. And Randy and Stu are my favorite parts of this movie. And Stu's just like, well, wait, why Why is Billy, Billy obviously didn't do it. Like, why would he do it? He has no motive. And Randy's just like, obviously, like, Sydney didn't want to have sex with Yeah, her. how about these five different well-thought-out motives that I have? <laughs> but then that kind of makes you suspect him. I'm like, wow, you've thought about this a lot. Right, but it makes sense. And you're sense. blaming other people. It makes sense, though. Oh, yeah. He would know. He would know everyone's motive. He would. Yeah, because he's he's the Although audience he, character, you know? He's He is the audience character. It, and that's he why He represents I love him so us. He's me. <laughs> I am he him. is you. He really is. <laughs> and standing in that, like, blockbuster Hollywood video-esque store was so nostalgic for me. God, I miss blockbuster. I still have my blockbuster card. Nowhere to take it. Oh but gosh. I still have it. Uh, the the town I went to high school in, Sandy, Oregon, was one of the last in the country to have a blockbuster. It only closed like a year ago. Wow! It was incredible. They kept it going for so long. There's still one in the United States. Is it in like Alaska or something? I don't know, but it's it's like renowned. It's like called the last the blockbuster. last blockbuster, an ancient relic. Did I tell you about the time I tried to get a job at Blockbuster? Oh gosh. They were hiring, and I was You really are, Randy. You're his character. I know! I know this! And they wouldn't hire... Like, I was applying for this job at Blockbuster, and she. I talked to the lady on the phone all the time, and she would, like, tell me about her... I'm not kidding. About her kidney stones. That's professional. And, like, how they're coming along. I'm like, all right, thanks. This one's almost out. I know. No, but really. And then finally, and I I called her and and she's like, oh, yeah, like we're processing your paperwork, all this stuff. I'm like, great. I'd I'd be really good at this job and I want it and I need money. You're like, I love movies. I love horror films. I'm not a murderer. I'm not. I promise. But I know everyone's motive. Mm -hmm. I'm either going to work here. I'm going to work for the police station. Your choice. Mm -hmm. And then this woman, I called her one day and I'm like, okay, so like about that paperwork. She's like, oh, crap. I forgot. And I hired like my cousin. What? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. From everything you've told me about where you grew up, that is not even startling to me. That makes that <laughs> that fits. Oh my Shout god. out to Pick You in Mississippi, everyone. <laughs> Still so mad about that. Oh god. Yeah, you don't hold grudges. Okay, so we're gonna get to the party part of the movie, which is the best part. It's also like half of the movie. It's also half scene. the movie. And oh my gosh, it goes on for so long. And apparently it took them like twenty one days to film this it entire did. party scene and they had to do it all at night. It's ridiculous. Did you see the t-shirts that they got made? Yeah, all the cast members made t-shirts. <laughs> and it's like, I survived scene 118 127 or, or Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love oh it. Oh, my gosh. So school is suspended in the wake of murders because I guess they want people to go home and be safe. Apparently, no one in this movie has parents or guardians at all. And so everyone just goes to have a party in the woods. Which is great. Also, every single person lives in a very isolated house. 
Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's this quaint farmhouse. It's like a mansion, basically. Yeah. It's, it's such a big house, like on a vineyard in the middle of California. Like, they have all weird of them live on these vineyards. Town. Real weird. <laughs> have to be two miles from the nearest people. You need to have disconnected Very from sketchy. phones. Yeah. You can only call the police via, like, the internet. The con- Yeah, that was... The internet. That was so weird. I love it. Because it was like the 90s. It was like, oh, she's tech savvy. Like, she can use the internet. Yeah, it was actually, that was a really brilliant moment. I also her. wouldn't have thought to do that. I definitely not. I definitely practiced, though, after watching that. Oh, my God. Just in case. You got to be ready. You have to be ready. You have to be ready. So, they were having this party. Um, students left the school. And then the principal, who is um, Henry Winkler, he gets stabbed to death. Oh, my gosh. And it was so... I was so disappointed when he died because he's in his office being an idiot and then he leaves and he comes back and the little blinder yeah. for his door window had been halfway up when he left and then it was fully down when he got back and the door was covering the corner. I'm like, obviously the murderer is in the corner. It seems very obvious. And honest, in real life, I would have noticed that. I would have been, hey... My blinder was only halfway down before. Well, also, there's like a janitor dressed like Freddy Krueger in the hallway. Who was Wes Craven? Wes Craven! Oh my gosh, what a cameo. So He's delightful. <laughs> what a cameo. Also, huh? can we decide if the principal is a good principal or a bad principal? Because I'm not sure. I'm leaning towards very bad. I mean... Like, he's I'm, just a weird guy. Like, when the murders first start happening and he's on the intercom, he's like, hey, students, your principal loves you. <laughs> <laughs> Stay at home. Like, he's, a, he's just, like, a really creepy guy. I but then I like him, but I yeah, can't. I do, in a way, though, like, when those two guys, yes! like, those two random high schools are running through the school dressed as the murderer, and he just rips them a new one. He's like, like you are expelled literally. from this school. And they're like, that doesn't. That seems I excessive. Watching, <laughs> I was watching this movie with my roommates, and one of them was like, I don't know, that's kind of extreme. I'm like, no, people have been murdered, and they're making fun of it in the school. Like, I 100% supported expelling those students. I did, too. Because that was such a crappy thing for them to do. And that's why, so, and that was the thing where I'm like, okay, you're a really good principal. And then he's like, actually, if it was up to me, I would stab you to death. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and then you're like, is he the murderer? <laughs> yeah. They made literally everyone a suspect. And, like, when she's in the bathroom crying and then the murderer is in the stall and tries to kill her in the school, super bald, you see his shoes. Mm -hmm. And then you see the sheriff's shoes in the next scene and he's wearing those military-style boots. And you're like, okay, that's a stretch. Obviously, I don't think he's the murderer. I don't trust anybody. But also, yeah, you just can't trust anybody. Trust no bitch, especially when it comes to murders. Exactly. That's one of the rules. Everyone's a suspect. Everyone's a suspect. Um, and also, don't get, don't hang out with your principal. <laughs> don't hang out with your principal. <laughs> no matter Especially how much when they think you. they're a cool principal, they're not. He well, I, and and then he was like, I thought he was a really good principal, and then he's wearing the mask, and I was like, Bleh! and his. <laughs> I was like, what are you? Like an idiot. I can't decide if you're good or if you're bad. I just I didn't understand why the murderer killed him either, though. Um, because he's a teenage boy, and that's his principal. I guess. I just didn't see the motivation there. I see plenty of motivation. Oh my gosh, you're such a murderer. I'm not a murderer, but I'm just, I understand. You are my number one suspect, Kate. (laughs) Oh my gosh. No, it makes sense. Like, they're teenage boys, all teenage boys who are terrible students, which these clearly are, you know, hate their principal. 
They probably got detention. Yeah. You know, that's all it takes. I guess. But it kind of does. I think the only reason they killed the principal is because it makes it look like those two boys from earlier that he expelled. It gives them really strong motive to be the actual killers, you know? There's too many motives for me to... I'm going to have to get out my yarn and my <laughs> my thumbtacks. Oh, my God. For real. Like, there's so many theories that you could, like, concoct in this film. So, anyway, the principal's dead. The principal's dead, and all of these unsupervised children are going to a party. Unsupervised? With a murderer on the list. There are no adults in this entire movie who care about the lives of these children, except for the principal, and he's dead. Oh! But- and they find out that he's dead. They all fight. If that's not motive enough, how about their reaction? They're like, oh, we just found out the principal got murdered and he's strung up on the football field. And they're like, let's go before they take him down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think that was motive for any of them to have done it. But it was just also just a reiteration about how actual garbage, garbage and trash these high school boys are. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, all it takes is going to. I don't want to be a principal. I, I. God bless you, school teachers. God bless. God, take away a kid's cell phone once. You're yeah, and they murder you. Football field. Yeah, like, Jesus Christ. I can't. Tru- truly extreme. So we're at this but party. But the party is super important. Because, like, this yes. is where Randy gives us the rules, right? Yes. Oh, t- tell us the rules. So Randy gets up and he's like, there are rules to surviving a horror film. Because they're watching Halloween at yeah. the party. Because that's not... <laughs> that's not self-aware enough. I love it. Oh, it's also Wes Craven's favorite movie. I'm just going to say that. I love Wes Craven. Rest in peace. Right. Well, and they make a lot of references to Halloween throughout the entire film. Yes. Like, a lot. Yes. But So there's three big rules mm-hmm. to surviving a horror film. One, you will not survive if you have sex, which I totally agree with. Yeah. I 100% agree with. Like, if you have sex in a horror film, you're going to die. And I just love that he says that rule while they're having sex upstairs. I love it! <laughs> And before he had said it, they start, like, making out. I was like, well, I'm like, great, girl. Like, I thought you were going to live because of your badassness at the beginning. But now you have to die. She was a badass. She was a virgin. She didn't drink. And she had a haunted, traumatic past. Like, she was in the clear. She was so going to live. I know. And, and this is why my dad made me watch this movie. Very young. Yeah, see? Oh, my God. So that's rule number one. You don't. And if, if and you haven't even seen that many true, like, horror movies. You've seen, like, the five that we've seen so far. But you but know even that. If, even I know that. Yeah, you know that. Everyone that's knows that. Everyone knows that. Ooh, yeah. Rule this, number two. Yes. You will not survive if you drink or do any form of drugs. It's true. Which is also true, which is so funny because they all that's have a beer all in their that hands. any of them are doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's they're, what literally every single one of them is doing. He's like, do you see how stupid you all are right now? <laughs> and I love it. He really is the audience character because the party starts and you're like, do, do you realize how stupid all of you are? And then rule number three. Yes. You will not survive if you say, I'll be right back. And, we have and that, it's so that true. great bit from Matthew Lillard. <laughs> who's just like, I'll be back. He walks away. <laughs> and you're also like, okay, I still hate you. And you can't tell if he's the murderer at this point because he's so... I didn't, th- I d- the first time I watched this movie, which again, I was eight, so I'm going to have to think really hard, but I don't think <sighs> I suspected him. I suspected him early, but then I sort of lost favor of that theory just because I realized how he's terrible all the time. Yeah. No, like and he's thought, just a creepy, weird kid. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be more clever for it to be the one you didn't suspect. Right. And he was too obvious. But that's almost why it's cool when he's involved. Exactly. That's exactly why it's cool that he ends up being one of the murderers is because it's like, I love oh, it. <laughs> go with your gut sometimes, go with your Chris. Gut. Stick but to it. For the movie rules, one thing I want to point out, because it's Wes Craven, obviously, 
being very self-aware about the rules of horror and the tropes of horror. But then he also breaks all of those tropes because... Every single one. Every single one. So, like, Sydney has sex upstairs, and she doesn't die, obviously. She's in all four of these movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have the drinking. Everyone has a beer in their hand, and not everyone dies. And, of course, Mm -hmm. Matthew Lillard is the one who says, I'll be right back, and he's one of the... Well, actually, he died. So maybe... Oops. (laughs) Yeah, he dies because he says he'll be back. That's true. And there's a fourth rule, which is that everyone's a suspect. Everyone's a suspect. And that actually... That one is... That was that totally was true. true. It's totally true. But actually, if you remember back to the very, very beginning where we're killing Drew Barrymore, mm-hmm. uh, the murderer gives us two more rules over the phone. Like when he's talking to her, mm-hmm. he says, you will not survive a horror film if you ever ask who's there. Oh, it's true. Which she does and she dies. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, you will not survive if you go outside to investigate a strange noise. It's true. Which is also true. It is true. Well, everyone knows you don't say who's there. You make a weird, loud comment about your gun and or dog. Right. right. Like you I feel just... like I feel like people like that in horror films die too, though. I... If you acknowledge that there's a murderer, that's when you die. No, you make no. You don't acknowledge it. You just make a weird, seemingly random comment like, "Oh, I forgot to clean my gun today." I guess I'll do that now. I forgot to sharpen my dog's teeth. Sharpen my dog's teeth. <laughs> That's what you do. You don't say who's there. Because what's oh going to happen? God. Someone's going to respond? You don't want that. Oh my God. I just imagine you sitting alone in your house being like, ah, <laughs> forgot to sharpen my dog's teeth. <laughs> you just hear like a raccoon outside. <laughs> you just like say this shit. Yeah, that's me most nights. Yeah, I 100% believe that you do that. <laughs> Every time I have to walk my dog and I hear like a twig snap in the woods. <laughs> that's me. Good thing I brought my gun with me. <laughs> You're a disgrace. Oh, I love it. Okay, so then we have Sydney and Billy. They're making sweet love. It's so creepy. It's really... Like, you're at a party. There's a murderer on the loose. Even though I thought Billy was the murderer, like... Your mom is dead. You're having... Which is weird. You should... Yes. Well, I mean, I guess I can't... I guess everyone handles things differently, I guess. I guess. (laughs) I don't know. But then we have Billy. Billy um, seemingly gets murdered by the ghost face killer who pops up behind him. So that completely slashes, <laughs> slashes, slashes <laughs> the idea that Billy is our killer. Because up until that point, I definitely, I was like, I'm not, you are still in my crosshairs, Billy. You're greasy and you're creepy and you don't say much and you have a cell phone and I don't trust you. And then he gets. Absolutely do not ab- trust him at all. Don't know. I don't trust him. But then he gets killed and then I feel really bad. I do feel really bad. So Billy's so, dead. Yeah. Yeah, the go- the Ghostface killer kills Billy, mm-hmm. and it's super grotesque, and there's all that blood, and I love the part where the murderer just, like, wipes the blade off with his fingers. I love it's like, it! That's unnecessary, you dramatic <laughs> asshole. I love it. And, like, there is a lot of blood in this film, and apparently the um, the makeup artists and all of them had to use, like, 50 gallons of fake blood for this film. I believe it. I don't know if I do, like... Where did all that blood go? Right, but it, so the original rating for this movie was an NC-17 rating. Which is ridiculous. And they Well, they had to resubmit it. They resubmitted it nine times, and they had to cut out, like, Drew Barrymore's death was way worse, like, entrails yeah. and everything, and they had to cut all of that out, um, I and mean, they had to resubmit like, it. From what times. I read, apparently they only had to edit out seven seconds of gore to I get it, it down to an R more. rating. I don't know. I don't know. Guess we'll never know. Super gross. I was reading up on it on the like NC-17 rating Wikipedia page. <laughs> what? And it, was, it just gives you a list of all the movies that are currently at that rating or uh-huh. have been. 
and then like under a scream, it's like, oh yeah, it was re- re- resubmitted after they edited out seven seconds of gore. That's not. It must have been R-rating. really bad. Someone must have gotten their face like opened up. Yeah, like I can't imagine what they did. I don't know. But oh my god, wait, we we skipped like the best murderer in the movie. We did. Which was the murder of the friend in the garage. Oh, we skipped it. Oh, oh my god. So yeah, it's still Rose near McGowan. the beginning of the party. That was the best and one. What's her name? The best friend, Sydney's friend. Yeah, she goes out to the garage to get beer. You know, fatal mistake. I know. (laughs) And instantly points out that the garage door is open and it doesn't open and close very well. (laughs) No, it's a bad. I don't know who made that garage door, but write that company name down. Yeah, for real. It's also the strongest garage door on the face of the earth. Industrial strength. (laughs) (laughs) That will not stop no matter what obstruction it encounters. I love it. Because like every other garage door I've ever seen, it's like a leaf blows by and it's like, no. I can't. (laughs) I can't shut. It's not safe. (laughs) It's ridiculous because like it's the most ridiculous and unbelievable of all the murders. I love it. Just can't stop, won't stop garage door. She's literally like hitting the guy in the face with beer bottles. And she at one point she should have just smashed it in half and stabbed him with it. I thought she did pretty well, all things considered, because she thought she it was, was she thought it was Stu like the whole time. Right. She was doing well and she was handling it. But then like it was again one of those moments where I'm like, this murderer isn't very good. Like well, he's, he's, just, he's, he's, a, he's pretty human. easily thwarted. <laughs> Not re- like he's still handling like he gets a. A bottle in the nads. He gets like smashed in the face with a fridge door. He's yeah, taking he, a beating. He just like falls over. Well, and he's like oh, and it's like just and it's like he's down long enough for her to run over and try to crawl through the doggy door. Yeah, that's not the <laughs> which was super dumb. Like she was not gonna make it at that point. She should have just fought him because running through that doggy door was not gonna be successful. I didn't. Obviously. I didn't think it would be her hips that kept her from getting in. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, and apparently, so like the thing is like. When they were trying to do that scene, she can fit through the door. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so she had to pretend to be stuck because she could fit through, which is really <laughs> funny. <laughs> That's amazing. But, so then he's like, oh, well, this is an opportunity, and just raises the garage <laughs> door. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and she's like, ah, and then it crushes her when it gets to the top. I'm like, no garage door would have done that. I mean, it would have I don't stopped know. the second it realized Maybe that there was Maybe this an is the movie that inspired safety rules about garage doors. Oh my gosh, that caller ID. This movie really changed the it world did. as it, we it, know it. It saved lives. <laughs> oh my You're gosh. right. That is the best. That is the best murder in the whole movie. Totally ridiculous. Because she her anyway, body's okay, just like fast forward. There. Billy's murdered. Billy's murdered. Okay, Billy's dead, and we're feeling really bad about pointing fingers. Yeah, a little bit. We're feeling a little bad. Um, Although I loved what Sydney said to him right before. Like, they're done having sex. You know, they did the nasty. He's putting his shirt back on. And then she realizes what everyone should have realized 100 years ago. And she's like, wait, who'd you call when you were in prison? Like, you had a a one phone call, right? So who was it? And he sort of brushes, he, he brushes it off. And she's like, it's almost as if you could have called me. From As prison. The, and you with the murdery voice to convince me that it wasn't you. Like, how clever like, would Like, haha, that would have been clever. That would have been smart. Right? And right, then he Billy? gets that murder look in his face and he's like, what do I have to do to convince you? And then he dies. Supposedly. That's what you gotta do. But also, like, as clever and smart as she was in that moment, I still don't think it makes sense. Because don't people... I mean, I've never been in a holding cell or arrested or anything. But, like, don't people watch you make your phone call? 
Um, no, I don't think they watch you make your phone call. Are you sure? I feel I, like I someone would so. be listening in, and like if he's like sitting there making his phone call, like I imagine him leaning against the brick wall with the old-fashioned dial phone, you know, calling her, pulling out the voice modulator. From yeah, his that's pocket. the thing. He would have to have a voice modulator, <laughs> and then calling her from prison. It's like I don't know if that would have happened. I feel like a cop. Do even you see Dewey who works at that police station though? It's like I Dewey. Know. But I feel like they would have been like watching him pull the thing out of his pocket and like, hey, why are you calling someone and acting like a murderer? (laughs) (laughs) What a a suspicious suspicious. phone call. (laughs) Also, no one's coming to get you now because that was your one phone call. No one's coming to get you. (laughs) And also, it's interesting that they would trace his cell phone records, you know, after that, but not trace who he called from their own precinct. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But not very, because that's not what happened. We soon find out. <laughs> yeah, it's not. That's a little far-fetched. Yeah. It would have been It would have been so good. What a clear answer that would have been. But so anyways, she's running away now, because the murderer is in the house. Yes. It's very scary. But again, he's easily thwarted. She just jumps over the bed, and he's like, oh, no, I ran around it. You got away. <laughs> and then she's gone. But I like I like that he can be thwarted because he's literally just a kid with a mask and a knife. Yeah, Like, he's I not know. superhuman. He doesn't have super strength. He's just a creepy kid who watched too many scary movies. Right. And, like, that's what makes it believable, and yeah. that's what makes it ultimately more scary. But at the same time, while you're watching it, I'm like, how do you kill anybody? You're not very good at it. He's pretty good at it. I mean, he... He is in the sense that they make stupid decisions, like try to crawl through a dog door. I mean, yeah, that's true. Run up the stairs. Anyways, so she's on the run. She's on the run. Um, what's ha- Oh, and all this whole time we forgot that Gail Weathers is just outside. Yeah, trying she's to like... ready to go. Trying to flirt up Dewey. Oh, it's really cute though. I love it. And she it. hid that camera in the party. In the which party. was clever on her part. Super seedy. Super seedy and creepy. Like she's just a creepy person. I love her. Mm-hmm. So then what happens? She she gets out of the house. She manages to get out of the house. Um, she goes to the van, right? And then, like, yeah. that dude, Kenny, is dead. He's dead. Yeah, he's, um, he's murdered. Yeah. And then Galen Dewey found that car that belonged to Neil Prescott, who is Sydney's dad. They go back to the house because they think dad's the killer. Um, right, which I was still like, I don't believe uh, it. No, nope. I, no one cares. That character was in this movie for, like, 30 seconds. Like, no one cares about yeah. that. Less than. So then um, Dewey... Um, gets stabbed in the back while he's trying to investigate the house. There's a gun. All this crap happens. Um, Stu and Randy appear, and they start accusing each other of being the killer, which I think is a really good moment. <laughs> it was such a funny moment. I love it. They're like, um, no, he tried to kill me. Yes. No, he did it. Yes. And she's like, you know what? Fuck both of you. Slays the door. <laughs> yes. Which is so realistic. Like, she can't, she obviously can't trust either, either no. of them. So, like. She's like, I don't have time for this. I feel like I would have done the same thing, yes. like just slam the door. But then it's like also really shitty of her because now one of them's obviously the killer and gonna kill him. Right, but it's either she's one a of 50, them's about to she die. She has a fifty percent shot of saving someone and or a fifty percent shot of getting killed, or she has right. really good odds of not getting killed. Right, and just shutting just the shut door. the door. But then here's Billy. Here's Billy. He's alive. Um, he just falls down the stairs. And I then love he's like, that. Ha ha! Wasn't really murdered. Corn syrup licks his finger. Oh, yeah, that's our suggested snack for this movie. Just high fructose corn syrup corn with syrup. red food dye. <laughs> just eat it with a spoon. Just eat it with a spoon. Oh, and they reference Carrie, which I really liked. Yeah. Just threw another reference in there. 
Um, and then Bill and Stu just come forward with their whole plan that they're going to ki- kill Sydney, frame the murder on the dad, who they have taken hostage. And then they're like, oh, also we killed your mom. Um, <gasps> Which was so, like, ugh. Yeah. Right? Like, you knew that that's where this was going, because they bring it up earlier in the film. They allude that the murderer is still out there, and you sort of put it together that it's going to be the same person. But also, it's so messed up that she's been dating her mother's murderer for a year. Yeah, for and, and, and just slept with him. And just slept with him. Super, super disturbing. It also makes Gail less of a shitbag. Like, she still sucks, but for... And for being like, actually, we should probably... He's like, Cotton Weary's going to die, but you won. Yeah. But he didn't do it. I don't think he did it. I don't think there's enough evidence. Yeah. Maybe I'm not the crappy person. Maybe you are. Right. I mean, I still don't blame Sydney for what happened. But she takes it very personally, which I, I guess I would, too, if my mom was, you know, murdered. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, at the same time, I don't think she gets to, like, punch Gail Weathers because she wrote a book you know, well, demonizing her mother though, and like calling her, you know, was she plot. demonizing her mother, or was she just saying that Cotton Weary? And I mean, we her don't were know, right? Consensual relationship, right? But I think Sydney's perception is that she's, you know, blaming her mom for being murdered for sleeping with people. Maybe. Which ultimately is why she's murdered, right? Kind of. But that's yeah. not really she's, fair. That's she's not sleeping okay. with Billy's dad, right? Right. Yeah, that's right. Anyway. And then we anyway, have that so stu- then we find out Stu is even crazier than we thought. <laughs> Stu is so batshit. Well, that's like but- the actual scary part of the movie for me is when they start like stabbing each other. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> to like frame her. Yes. Super wild. But also, most of Stu's lines were ad-libbed throughout this entire portion. I believe it. And he's a brilliant actor. Now knowing that almost everything he said was his I, own decision. I think he's great. I think he's really good. Like, the best line probably in the entire movie when he's like, he realizes that they're not going to make it. They're going to get caught. He's like, oh, my parents are going to be so mad. <laughs> like, he ad-libbed that line. And I'm like, that is brilliant. That's hilarious. You have killed many people and you're a sociopath. And you're worried that your parents are going to punish you. <laughs> I love it. So good. So and good. Course, and it just it just reminds you, like, oh, my God, these are kids. They're kids. These serial they're killers kids. are children. Like, sociopathic children, but children. I like that Randy lived. That was important for me. That was important. But I also, at that point, still wasn't convinced that Randy wasn't the third murderer. Oh, well, at that I point, de- all bets are off, right? I definitely felt like Randy was going to be the third murderer. Because still, of all of his movie knowledge stuff, the fact that he's there... You know, the fact that the murderer didn't kill him when he had an opportunity. Like, and then, so after she is a total badass, kills Billy and Stu in the most epic ways of possible. I Absolutely. love that she called them. I love that she called them. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? Let's play a game. Because, like, not only is she super badass, but I'm like, this girl crazy. <laughs> she crazy. She's had enough. She is at the end of her rope. And she's like, you know what? You messed with me. I'm going to mess with you a little bit. (laughs) Super, super well done. So they're dead. And then Randy's like, this is the part where the murderer that you thought was dead earlier comes back for one last attempt. And obviously it ends up being Billy who like gasps for air. So she shoots him in the head. But I thought he was alluding to himself. Oh, that would have been good. Because I thought we thought he died on the porch after Stu killed him. Mm hmm. 
But no. I, I don't know. I, I thought he that was going to be good. the third murderer. I was like, God damn it, Randy. Buckle up. It's not over till it's over. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then we have, of course, the sun's rising. The police are arriving. Dewey's injured, but he's fine. And then Gail is, like, covered in blood and beat to crap. But she is a professional woman. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, got she's, my close-up? Yeah. And she's, like, giving this great speech. And it's, like, this awesome closing monologue where she's talking about it's, like, after, like, so many days, like, it's all coming to an end, blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, all right, come on, asshole. This is my shot. Let's go. Yeah. And scene. Super good. And that's the movie. Okay, so you said you didn't like it, but then you've said super good several times. Yeah, and I did that with Creep, and I did that with Hereditary. Hereditary. (laughs) You're like, oh, it's great. I hate it, but I love it, but I hate it. Well, I hate it because it scared me. Well, yeah. (laughs) What don't you understand about this? The reason I don't like scary movies is because I'm frightened by them. Like, the entire movie, all I could pay attention to was how much glass was in Drew Barrymore's house. Oh, so How much, much glass. glass was in um, Sydney's house. What is her, what is her actual name? I don't remember. Uh, Nev Campbell. Yeah, and I in my my bedroom I have a window and then I have two French glass doors leading to my backyard. Well, now you're just asking to get murdered. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, gosh darn it! And so I couldn't fall asleep that night because like I kept looking oh, over at my it. window at my glass doors, waiting for a ghost face figure to appear. Oh, I hate to say this, but. I know you're going to come visit in January. Yeah. And you can buy those masks anywhere. Of course you can. And I hate it. And if you use them against me, we'll not be friends anymore. (laughs) So would you say that this is one of the scarier horror movies that we've seen so far? Yeah. Because, like, it was more believable, you know? And, like, ultimately, I I have trouble saying that it's scarier than, like, Hereditary. That was terrifying to me. Because... Hereditary, I think, was made in a way that's... I think Hereditary is supposed to be scarier than this movie, but I didn't have trouble sleeping after Hereditary, you know? Hereditary, I think, was supposed to be scarier, but I wasn't scared of it because I could just write it all off. So, I okay, so I think that... And without we're not going to spoil things for Hereditary, so don't worry if you haven't watched it or haven't heard that episode, but I think that we're just scared of fundamentally different things. I don't know. I ended up not being super scared of that movie, but I was more scared of Scream, not because the movie was a more scary principle, but just because, like, I don't know. I don't I don't trust people. Like, I'm more... Yeah. I expect someone to try to murder me more than I expect a demon or whatever to happen in my life, you know? Something paranormal. Okay. I think that's fair. Um, I am the opposite where I can write off a slasher because I can take measures against it. Like I can like lock what? my door. I can lock my door. I can yeah, get a dog. Yeah, they locked the door in the movie too, who's Kate. barking the whole time that I'm trying to record this podcast. <laughs> He's barking. But I can take measures if if I want to. If a I don't know if Satan wants to come and like possess me, I can't do a whole lot about that. You can though. Oh For example, God. in every horror film that involves like demonic possession or stuff like that, one. Don't buy a Ouija board, kids. Oh, but I already Number two, did that. Never participate in a seance. But I already did that too. Number three, if you have dead relatives who maybe didn't like you, don't 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 summon interact them. with Yeah. <laughs> don't put them in well, your attic. No one told me that. Saying, no one I'm just told saying me like if an actual real life murderer wants to kill you, that's terrifying. You know, and especially especially films like this where it just seems like they're killing people arbitrarily, you know? 
like real slashers in real life, like maybe they have like a type that they like to kill. What is that called? There's a real name for that. Oh, I thought that was just all killers. Yeah, I know. No, I know. But you know, like when a killer oh, only kills oh, like five yeah. foot tall blondes yeah. or whatever. Okay. Odd, very specific example considering who you're talking to. But <laughs> <laughs> You, for example. What I'm saying though is like murderers exist and there's a fair number of them, I guess. I don't know. I feel like real life demon possession is rare. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't even start this fight with you again. If you want to hear me and Chris fight about demonic possession. Watch essentially every other episode. Every episode because it keeps coming up. Do you see my point though? I see where you're coming from. Like, I, I just, don't agree. But I but I I mean that's just your like your opinion, man. So it's fine. Yeah. Okay. It's just your opinion. It's okay <laughs> if it's wrong. <laughs> I hate you. I love you. Yeah, that's I don't know. I just had more trouble show. sleeping after this one because I believe that someone would try to murder me in cold blood. Yeah. I, don't look at me. <laughs> There's only so much I can do about it. There's only so much I can do about it. I think that, I don't know, I definitely had more trouble sleeping after Hereditary just because it was, in general, a disturbing movie. And this was more fun. And I could write yeah, it. Yeah, and, and I can see that. And I think it's weird that I found this one scarier. No, I mean, it, that's the thing about horror is different people find different things scary. Like, I like faces. Like, if you, I, I, there is, hasn't been a really good one yet. But once we get to oh a movie God, that has. I hate people when they have faces it's so scary it's <laughs> the worst stupid face off your face no like face like a face that isn't quite right like a face where like, like the mouth is a little person? too big no not like a deformed person <laughs> you're mean no. i'm talking about like a movie where there's demonic possession or something going on and like the eyes aren't quite right like the mouth is usually the mouth the mouth is a little bit too big to be human Okay. And that's a real thing. And that's why I don't like clowns. Oh, because their mouths are too big? <laughs> their mouths are too big. Because you think they're demons? I know they're demons. Well, I guess we'll have to watch It at some point. I right? have that's seen It, and you're about. not going to make it through It very well, is all I'm going to say. Okay. It is also my favorite book, though, but I'm terrified of clowns. Eh. It took me a y- Are you not terrified of clowns? Not in real life. In real life, clowns aren't going to kill you. Okay. Oh, my God, except for, like, two years ago, right, where they were actually... In South Carolina. Yeah, I know. Oh, my gosh. I remember that. I hated that. That was the worst, like, several-month period of all of our lives. One got shot. Like, they were just, like, dudes dressed as clowns, I guess, and someone just shot one in his backyard, and the police had to, like, issue a statement being like, we know they're scary. (laughs) Don't shoot Please don't shoot them. Well, we had a bunch of, like, we had a bunch of guys, like, dressed up as clowns running around on our campus at that time. What the heck? And I hated them. I was, it was terrible. Right. I'm glad that's a trend that we can all say is horrible and we want it to never Yeah, let's come never back revisit that let's moment in history. That. Okay, back to Scream. Yes. Where are we going to rank this on our scoreboard? What's on our scoreboard? I don't have it pulled up. Yeah, so the scoreboard as it stands right now, after much debate, is Hereditary, Creep, The Exorcist, and Idle Hands at the bottom. And uh, that's hard. And we do this. Um, it's very subjective, and please don't get upset if your list is different than our list, because this list is a bastardization of what both Chris and I want. It's exactly true. I'm not going to call it a compromise, because it really never is. <laughs> bastardization. No. So, we just, like, force each other to accept yeah, our, it is. what we want. Um, I'm going to say, just like, and this isn't just about scare factor. It's, like, quality and just overall watchability. I'm going to say, okay, it's hereditary, and then what? Creep. 
I think it should go Hereditary Creep, Scream, Exorcist, Idle Hands. I think it should go above Creep, and I love Creep. You think? I do, because I think that I can watch this movie over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I guess I think that's fair. I also just have a big nostalgic crush on this movie. Like, I just love it. Yeah, and the only reason I like having Creep higher up is because it's, you know, super creative and just really, really intense. And it's I just thought it was really well done. Yeah, it is. But this is really well done, too. I do think that this one was really well executed for what it was trying to do. So I'm I'm okay with that. I think it can go hereditary scream. Creep. And I'm just going to keep it under hereditary just because hereditary scared the living crap out of me. And it was just a very different movie and it's kind of hard to compare them. But I'm going to I'm I'm comfortable with hereditary scream creep idle hands exorcist. Yeah, I'm okay with that. All right. That's All right, it. Wow, I thought we were going to fight more. No, we didn't. I'm really well whenever you open this by saying I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which you do every movie. Okay, Which I do well, every time. I'm proud of us. We actually didn't fight very much. And yeah. a big shout out to um, Wes Craven, who passed away recently. Um, just want to say that he's an incredible person and inspiring. And I hope that we can continue to make awesome horror movies for many, many years um, using his work as inspiration. I think he's amazing. Yeah. I mean, he, d- he did excellent work. Oh, wait. I remember now why this is so short. We didn't pick a movie for next time. Okay. Crap. Well, what should we do next time then? No, I thought you said we were doing. Um... Do you want to do Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's do Nightmare on Elm Street. All right. All right. I guess that's it. Um. So that's our ranking. That's our show. Um. This is the Nightlight Horror Movie Club. We are a club. Um. Chris and I are the presidents. Um. But you are welcome to join as well. It's really easy. Please All you have to do. Join our club. Join our club. All you have to do is you subscribe. Um. On your on iTunes or wherever and you can follow us week to week as we do the same thing every week and um, we also have a Facebook and Instagram and a Twitter and a Tumblr I keep forgetting to mention our Tumblr mm-hmm. um, where we just are going to be sharing in- interesting trivia and psychoanalyzing movies all week long because we have a lot more to say but we don't want to make these episodes three hours it's I mean we do but long. you don't want us to make them three <laughs> you hours you don't want it <laughs> but it, if you did enjoy this podcast hopefully that means that other people will enjoy it too hopefully so it'd be really super cool if you could help them find it and you can do that by rating us and leaving a review to the show on iTunes or whatever medium you're getting our podcast through those people will really appreciate it because they'll be able to find it easier and we'll certainly appreciate it and you'll of course appreciate it because you'll feel good and you'll be a contributing member of this awesome club yes contribute to the club Um, and we're going to be doing Nightmare on Elm Street most people know what that is it's obviously another Wes Craven very very popular um horror movie and uh of course if you have an idea for a movie that we haven't covered or that you want us to cover um you can drop us a line we have an email address it is just nightlight horror movie club at gmail.com yeah and you can feel free to email us about any other thoughts that you had about the films that we're watching all those cottons Uh, i know we upset you you can angry email us (laughs) if you agree with things that we said we'd love to hear you if you disagree we'd love to hear you too just like be nice about it we're very sensitive (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I think this concludes our weekly meeting see you next time bye